Five o'clock in Pirate Country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In five, four, three, two, one. Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. You know you are cute little heartbreaker. Am I re- am I missing uh, a reason, or we just felt like some Hendrix today? No, I wanted to play Fire by Hendrix, but uh, couldn't find it on YouTube, and it's not in the catalog. So, really, yeah, believe it or not, Fire for what reason? I don't know. Scotty Pippen's making me pretty mad, so. Oh. Hey, welcome in everybody. It's nice to have you with us. Uh, Patrick Johnson, and uh, oh look, it's Ben Byram. Hey, man. I, you know, I got to give uh, Nikki Novak. And if you don't know, you know, Friday I realize, you know, doing a late afternoon show on Fridays is, you know, not everybody's tuning in, especially this time of year. People are going, but um, uh, Nikki Novak who does our kind of movie and streaming reviews for Fandango. And we love Nikki Novak. I really feel like she's the only one that's committed to it so far. The Hey Ben's. <laughs> we, hey, we got to get all of our uh, Mike Houston stuff lined up. I mean, the Houston ones were pretty good, but uh, my problem with the whole uh, board up here is that sometimes I'll come in here and yeah. all my effects are missing. Like I, the Duke ones with uh, Coach K, let's go Duke. Right. I have one, yeah. and all the other ones are just lost, gone forever. Well, you can reload them, can't you? I can, but I got to go back and find them and edit them. It's like, oh, come on. Why can't they just be yeah. in the catalog? I got news for you. You're going to have some time over the next few weeks to do some of, uh, some of that. Uh, <laughs> we're, uh, we are taking next week off, by the way. Um, we just need a, yeah, we're, we need a little vac. I mean, I, I'm not vacationing. I'm still working. I'm just not going to be doing the show next week. And Ben needs a break. Ben's worked hard. We all just need a little break, don't we? And so, uh, we're going to take a little post July 4th, uh, break here. Uh, so that'll be, uh, that'll be what we'll do. We're doing next week. Uh, we're going to be, um, we're going to be dealing, uh, or, or you know, up up until Friday, have a show. Uh, we've got some great things for you throughout the rest of the week, and might have some giveaways. So we got some stuff. We got our next concert on the Common coming Thursday. Ben, uh, are you familiar with the musical stylings of the chairman of the board? I am. I know. I'm. Uh, I, I can't name a song off the top of my head, but uh, <laughs> what? No, I'm familiar with them. I've heard of the. I've heard of them before. Go to the catalog, and, and coming back into our next break, we'll have a... In fact, Wait, wait, I know one of their songs. Yeah. I don't know what it's called. You don't know, know what it's called, it but you know one of their songs. I mean, you got the the their big hit, Carolina Girls, right? I love... Well, that's not... Yeah, Carolina Girls is their big... Uh, let me tell you something about the chairman of the board. That was a big... Those were big happenings, Ben. Um, Those were big happenings back when I was... Uh, there we go. 
Give me a little more time. Big hit for him. This was uh, when the when the chairman roll around would roll around back in the day. That at the attic, that was some big happenings in old young PJ's world. Especially in the summer, because it was like all the locals would go. You know what I mean? All right, all boomer, the, talking about the attic. I don't know what that is. Oh, it's a, it was a legendary music club in Greenville. Legendary. <laughs> and the Pointer Sisters played there. Uh, government, I mean, you name it. A lot of bands went through there. Hootie. And uh, it was a big... Uh, Big deal when the chairman of the board rolled around in the summertime because, you know, all the college students, a lot of them were gone. So it was kind of that local all call, you know, the Green County, my, my folks from Green County. And, all the townies came. Yeah, probably more Greenville people than I realized. It just seemed to me there were a lot of people from like Kinston and New Bern and Green County, especially. It was like the Green County prom back in the day. So that was that, and uh, we've got them for you at our concert on the Common Thursday, 6 o'clock. A really great way to kick off the July 4th weekend. Uh, we'll get to the Scotty Pippen stuff. We, we played a little bit of the audio from yesterday late. We'll get to some of it uh, here much earlier in the show. Jake Smith is going to join us today. Ben, you familiar with Jake Smith? He's a he former player. ECU baseball alum, Johnny Bench award winner for the nation's best catcher, in 06, and uh, he was the coach, or is the coach, of Randleman, who won a state championship. And the, you know how they got a state championship? Then they had a kid uh, pitch a no-hitter in the clinching game. Wow, that's clutch. If you look at what he he threw, four to third no-hit baseball in the regional final for him, and then a no-hitter with 11 strikeouts in their championship uh, win the other day. Uh, if uh, you missed the RV interview yesterday, you missed what Aaron Fitt had to say. I know he had some people wondering what Aaron Fitt said uh, yesterday. You could go and pick that up online uh, at uh, 943thegame.com, Patrick Johnson Show podcast. Uh, the Panthers podcast you guys do, is that there as well now at 943thegame.com? Sure is. On the prowl? On the prowl. Yeah, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. So uh, we're gonna have a lot of more. A lot more podcasts will be rolling out. Hopefully, uh, I see they're teasing get... some more up there. Are they? Yeah, I mean, some I weren't even familiar with, but they got okay. some more up there saying coming soon. Yeah, we got some coming soon. Um. So yeah, that's uh, there's a lot of stuff happening as far as all of that uh, goes. Um, Vandy won last night in game one, right? Did they What'd put you up think of seven that? runs in the first inning? I think. Uh huh. They had a big night last night and uh, ended up winning over uh, over uh, Mississippi State. By the way, I'm now looking at this on my screen here, the On the Prowl podcast. Boy, we've got a picture of you on there. Oh, really? Look, yeah, yeah. Got hey, a picture of I've, you. Don't let you know. I have two co-hosts. Well, I mean, look, you need to, this is why you need to get with the, the web people and get all this straightened out. I can't, they I don't can't listen do it to all. me. <laughs> they don't listen to me. Well, you tell me what you want. I'll make sure it gets done. There we that. go. Um, take it to the top. Eight, eight. Yeah. Eight. Count them no more than, uh, eight 
NC State baseball players that tested positive for COVID, Ben? Yes. Have tested positive for the Delta variant. Uh-oh. Yeah, that severe new variant. So, you know, it's now the Delta variant is in North Carolina. Okay, well, how are they feeling? Are they sick? Or are they Have they lost their well, sense that's, of that's, taste that's, and that's, smell? Or? Uh, that's the thing. From what we understand, a lot of them were, were not displaying any sort of symptoms. Um, I did not. So yesterday, Joe Giglio, you know, who does the afternoon show on 99.9 The Fan. He does it with Ovius, and I mean, you know, mm-hmm. that, that is what it is. But, but Giglio, uh, and I'm, I'm just not saying, I, I have a lot of respect for Joe. I always have. I think he's a great writer. And he's, you know, he's, he's really taken to broadcasting because he knows what to ask, and he, he isn't trying to do hot takery. His partner, you know, yeah. But... So I think Gilio really has been a, a great addition to that situation. And I guess uh, he's hosted the show this week. I think my guy, Hayes Permar, is going to be with us later in the week as a guest um, from Sports Channel 8. I think Permar is doing some shows with him this week. You know, they're on, uh, you know, we're, we're on roughly the, we're, their last hour is our hour, that kind of thing. So we're on the same time they are, same day part, what have you. But they interviewed Boo Corrigan yesterday. And so when I, when I got up this morning and after I did a few things I needed to do, you know, you kind of make the rounds on social media to see if something happened overnight you need to know about. And there's people on there just hammering Boo Corrigan. And I guess the state people wanted Boo Corrigan to be hellfire and brimstone. And he was very measured and, and kind of, you know, hey, we understand what happened with his comments, and, and I'm not sure that jived with Wolfpack Nation. So I, I reached out to Gilio today, and I we, we kind of text back and forth about it, and, I mean, he just – Gilio kind of said the same thing. He really didn't say anything during the course of the interview. But then I'm, I'm sitting here thinking about it, and, you know, now that we know a little more than what we knew Saturday, because, I mean, Corrigan released a statement Saturday morning, and it was meh. You know, a lot of AD speak and that sort of you know, saying something without saying, without saying anything. And so I just, you know, for the, for the usual fan, now I think a lot of it was some ECU fans trying to stir things up, but I mean, for like the, you know, average Wolfpack fan that thinks this is a uh, NC state blank that goes on stuff. I, I really do believe that they would like a little more fight and fire out of Corgan. Not saying he has to come out and say things that are ignorant, but I mean, you would want him to be a little more, you know, kind of on the, on the side of his guys in a way. And he, he kind of took the safe road. That, that's my opinion of the comments I've read. I really didn't go back after Gilio told me that he didn't say a whole lot. And I didn't, because you know, we were going to maybe pull some audio from it and react to it, but there was really nothing said. So there was nothing to talk about on there. Kind of playing the middleman, the diplomat. Not really well, appealing yeah, to uh, his his base. Well, and look. In in about a month, is is anybody going to be talking about this? You know, probably not. <laughs> right. I mean, so they'll be they'll be expecting another. Uh, 
you know, big football season where they win five or six, seven games. My favorite thing that's came out of this whole debacle is how uh, the NCAA, I think NCAA Baseball, the official Twitter page, they put out a video where they thanked NC State. It was like a three-second graphic video where they just thanked them, and I thought yeah. that was hilarious. So, and, and look, you know, I mean, I, you for all, basically are saying, hey, I'm not rooting for the Wolfpack here. No. I, I, feel, I feel bad for the kids, but they kind of knew what, they were doing here as far as all right and this is going to be the tough thing because i'll assure you be it in greenville be it in boone be it in raleigh be it in chapel hill durham charlotte columbia south carolina norfolk virginia huntington west virginia uh, orlando tampa houston Tulsa, New Orleans, Houston, wherever. <laughs> Not everybody on that roster in any of these towns that plays college football. Not everybody on these rosters are going to be vaccinated. And, and you cannot make them get vaccinated. Sure, there could be some peer pressure from guys that are, you know, team leaders or captains because. You want to have the whole season, and you don't want to happen what happened to State, what happened to VCU in basketball, what happened. But then the other argument is, look at what happened in football, which is a contact sport, which is really close quarters because not only are guys in the locker room, but they're in position groups together. The famous comment of uh, the quarterback room or the running back room. So they're in rooms, according to all those those uh, media talking heads, right, Ben? And They love the I, running back room. Oh, they love the running back room, but I'm just, you know, Holton got, you know, banged for this. Now, you know, that was controversial in itself, but the test said he was, he was positive. Uh, Clemson had the same thing happen before the Notre Dame game with Trevor Lawrence. Yep. But we, none of his backups or none of the guys in his room, his quarterback room were, were out. So that, that to me is where it is a little bit of a, you know, we're, we're not maybe being as forthright on all of this as we, we can be, but I, I will tell you that unless everybody is vaccinated or so we're led to believe this could happen again at any point during the football season, any team in America, however, the majority of the guys who tested positive on the NC state thing with the contract tracing had been vaccinated. So I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of wondering how each conference and how the, Oh, if it's left up to the conferences, we know how they'll handle that. Right. I think you'll see more this year in football, allowing guys to test out of the positive test. What do you think? Yeah. The sec did that. Now it was Saban. But I really believe that you're going to see them allowing players this year to test out of a positive test within a certain amount of time, if there is a positive test. Do you believe that? I, I'm not quite understanding I, the, the lingo. Test out of a positive test. What, okay. What do you mean? So you, if you – Ben test po – I'm giving an example here, ladies and gentlemen. Ben tests positive, right? You test positive. According to, like, the American Athletic Conference – 
guidelines, you could not test out of that positive test. Gotcha. You had to okay. Wait. Yeah. That was the whole Holt Naylor's thing. He was claiming the whole time he was not, you know, hey, I could test again and show you I'm not. Once you're positive, you're positive and you're in that quarantine period. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, false positives didn't matter, even though that was exactly. very well issued. Ben, you, you laid it out better than I could have. Yeah. False <laughs> positives didn't matter. SEC had a different rule because that's how Saban was able to coach after testing positive. He kind of tested out of it. So there you go. Well, the SEC always has different rules when it comes to the, well, the, the NCAA. That, we just saw it with baseball. True. I mean, literally what you were that, just talking about with Vanderbilt and NC State. That is true. All right. Uh, we'll grab a break. Uh, we'll pay a little attention to this Scotty Pippen stuff when we come back. Uh, Scotty, who's who has quite a uh, look going right now, uh, Scotty will be the focus. He was on the Dan Patrick show yesterday. We played this late in our show ye uh, yesterday afternoon, commented on it briefly. We'll have some more thoughts on it here in just a little bit. And then uh, Jake Smith will join us. We'll talk to him, one of the uh, great pirate players for uh, ECU baseball in his time and uh, has just won a state championship over the weekend as a baseball coach back in the triad uh, area. So we're, we'll talk with uh, Jake coming up, a timeout, and then uh, we'll hear what Scotty had to say. Eh, some, some Casting some dispersions the way of Phil Jackson. Uh, the audio and reaction straight ahead. Online or on the go, log on to our brand new website, 943thegame.com, to listen to The Patrick Johnson Show weekdays at 5. It might be crap, but we love it! <laughs> or tell your smart speaker to stream 94.3 The Game to take us anywhere you are at any time. Tweet at us. <gasps> at 943thegame. Oh, a friend? At P-Man on air. It's not like a cult, is it? Sound off and tell us what's on your mind. 94.3 The Game and P-Man on air on Twitter. This is the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game and 943thegame.com. Hot one today. Uh, 90 looking at an isolated uh, chance of rain tonight. Otherwise partly cloudy. Uh, chance of an isolated storm tomorrow, like a one in five chance, kind of like the day. Uh, 91 tomorrow, 73 tomorrow night. Thursday, a high of 91. But uh, we're looking pretty good, all things considered, for our concert on the Common. Uh, that'll be at 6 o'clock Thursday, Town Common. And the uh, legendary chairman of the board will be coming to town. As we mentioned, uh, 90 steamy degrees right now. So, uh... We, we got a little, we hit such kind of a loaded show with Aaron Fit yesterday in RV that we hit this at the end. Um, but, you know, we wanted to put it in a bit more of a prominent place today. And Ben's done a little bit of digging into some of this. Yesterday, so Ben, you remember about a year ago when the, uh, the the ten part series on the Bulls they put that out it it was you know a huge the last dance. huge number the last dance a, it was really well done uh, but one of the things that was highlighted in that was that Scottie Pippen refused to go into a playoff game against the Knicks at the end of the game because uh, Phil Jackson had set up a shot for Tony Kukoc rather than than Pippen this was the year that Jordan was off playing baseball yep. He refused to go into the game. 
So somewhere along, I guess Scotty Pippen's got a new book out that's kind of a reaction to The Last Dance in a way. Is that accurate? I'm not even sure if the book's coming out, uh, has came out yet. I know it's called Unguarded, I believe. Unguarded. But, but I mean, it's it, the intention of the book, as I understood it when it was originally announced, was sort of his version of The Last Dance. I guess. Or, they call it yeah, a memoir. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, it's it's about his career and his life, but I mean, it. He answers some points in there that I, maybe he felt like were left unanswered. And so he's doing some publicity for that. Now, what else did you say he's promoting right now? Along with his new book coming out, he's got a new whiskey coming out, a new Scottie Pippen whiskey and a popcorn snack. And this was, this was a pop, like a flavored popcorn, a flavored popcorn, like a, okay. a caramel popcorn, chocolate pop. I don't, I don't whatever. But that was even like previewed and introed on the Dan Patrick interview. So mm. he's got these uh, little business ventures going on here in the last few months. So he's out doing the rounds because of the book, and he wants people to buy his booze, and he wants people to buy his popcorn snacks. Yes, uh, it seems like every week he's got a controversial comment that kind of gets what you previously mentioned earlier in the show. The hot take artists that have radio shows kind of gets them riled up. So two weeks ago or, or so, he was calling out uh, Kevin Durant, right? Yeah, he said he wasn't on LeBron's level and that he was soft and he needed to stay off Twitter and that if LeBron was on the Nets, he would have won the series and stuff like that. So Durant, and I mean, say what you will about Durant, um, fired back on Twitter, as he's kind of apt to do, essentially saying, hey, we, um, you know, you, you're the guy that refused to go into. In other words, calling back that thing that was highlighted in the last dance. You refused to go into the game when your shot wasn't called. And so Dan Patrick essentially asked him uh, about this. Tony Kukoc says the reason that Phil Jackson drew up the play, or excuse me, Pippen says the reason that Phil Jackson drew, drew up the play for Kukoc, it was racially motivated. And so this is Dan Patrick following up on that and what Scotty's reaction was. But have you talked to Phil about this? Because you, by saying a racial move, then you're you're calling Phil a racist. I don't got a problem with that. <laughs> do you think Phil was or is? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, do you remember Phil Jackson left the Lakers, went, wrote a book on Kobe Bryant, and then came back and coached him? I mean... Who would do that? You name someone in professional sports that would do that. You know, I well, think he tried to expose Kobe in a way that he shouldn't have. You're the head coach and you're the guy that sits in the locker room and tells the players, this is a circle and everything stays within the circle because that's what team is about. But you as the head coach, open it up. And now you go out and you try to belittle, at that time, probably one of the greatest players in the game. Well, it feels like he's disloyal. I don't know if that makes him a racist. Well, that's your yeah. way of putting it out. And I have my way. I was in the locker room with him. I was in practices with him. Uh, you're looking for him afar. So I, I tend to agree with the Dan Patrick follow-up there. I mean... That alone, the example he cites, does not make him a racist. And then, you know, he lays out all these other things. And then 
you never really, he doesn't cite any more examples in the interview. He has nothing. He tried to make a controversial statement and he had no follow-up for his book. That's what I mean. It was, right. it was for his book. I mean, that's the thing. He wants to sell his booze. He wants to sell his popcorn. He wants to sell his book. Now, the Phil Jackson book, and if I'm wrong on this, Ben, correct me, but I, you mentioned this, so I've looked up some stuff on it today. Basically, he was kind of Team Shaq, right? He yeah. thought Shaq was the more cornerstone guy to, to get multiple titles and build around Shaq. He got into an argument with the owner, uh, Jeannie Buss or whoever it was at the time for the Lakers, that they needed to move forward with Shaq instead of Kobe because right. Kobe was uncoach- uncoachable and difficult to deal with, which he's not he, – I mean, that's that's not something new there. Like, I, I get it, Kobe passed RIP, but before he passed, that was a known thing about Kobe. He was a difficult guy to get along with if you were playing with him or if you were his fellow teammate. I mean, that was a known thing about Kobe during his career. And, and, you know, there was some of that. Jordan was hard on guys in practice. Yeah. I'm sure Kobe was. I'm sure in his own way, LeBron is. All the greats. But, I mean, Phil Jackson was taking it in the level that he's just not coach. I just seems to me that that whole thing is a little, I don't know. That's a, That whole thing is a little. Uh, Even Shaq had his issues with Kobe. Yeah. But I that just, that. I don't know if that's the example that you could cite and say is racial. No, because not only that, in that book, he wanted to move forward with an African-American individual in Shaq. Right. So it, yeah. it doesn't really make much sense. Yeah. I, those, I mean, that was, and I mean, Phil Jackson, who's, you know, kind of a, a hippie, loves everybody. Yeah. Kind of, you know, that's. Strong, strong statement, and just not to have any more to back it up. Not a good look for for Scotty P. Well, can I say this real quick? In, in the past couple of weeks, I don't know what you're going to say. No, no, so. it's, it's nothing like ridiculous or anything, right? In the past couple of weeks, he's had these four takes, which everybody agrees has been a little bit ridiculous. Uh, first, he described MJ as selfish. Uh, two, you had the whole KD thing where he was kind of. I guess you're saying criticizes KD's play. Uh, three, he said Doc Rivers set up Ben Simmons for failure. And four, he described himself in his new book, I guess it's out now, as more valuable than MJ, and he was the reason why they won those championships. MJ was selfish. That's why MJ was great. And he'd be the first person to tell you, Michael Jordan would, that he was selfish. But those uh, comments come out to me as him trying to sell the book. He's just well, trying yeah, to probably. make it. Yeah. Um, the, the Kevin Durant thing, that's a matter of his opinion. You know, are the criticisms that Durant has jumped around and picked his spots where he has the best chance to win and what he did going to Golden State, now going to the Nets. Okay. I mean, that I, to me, that's fair game. That, that's critical. And and look, Pippins consider, is a top 50 of all time yeah. when that was released years ago. So, I mean, he, his opinion carries some weight. He's hired to be on television uh, as an analyst. I think he's on the jump. Uh, or has been. Um, what was the other one? The about Simmons. Doc I mean, Rivers set up Ben Simmons for failure. Ben Simmons has got issues. Yeah, uh, that I think predated Doc Rivers' arrival in Philadelphia, right? Yep. And he's probably right that Jordan would not have won the championships without uh, Pippen. 
I, I think him saying he's more valuable than that team than Jordan is not necessarily true because no, you go back to the 94 yeah. playoffs and they couldn't win with him when he was right. the guy. So No, I, I that is, but that's just as fair as saying that Jordan couldn't win yeah, without him. Yeah, he couldn't win without him. That's true. That's, that's, they're, both those things can be true. Yeah. All right. Um, he just wants to sell a book. Wants to sell a book. Look, I, that thing was more of a Michael Jordan 30 for 30 than it was about the Bulls. Would you agree? Yeah. The last dance? Oh, yeah. I no. Mean, so Without Pippen, I'm sure, felt that Pippen felt slighted, and that's why he wrote a book. And now he's saying outland, outlandish things so he could sell popcorn and booze. If I remember right. correctly, they did a yeah. whole episode on him, on his upbringing. And yeah, all that. yeah, yeah, they, they did. And there's a lot of things I didn't know about Scottie Pippen yeah. about that, 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 were, that were interesting and, and did make him a bit of a sympathetic character. But as that thing went on, it became more about Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> it was more well, about how Jordan. can you not make it about more well, about yeah. Jordan? I mean, that's true. That's true. All right. Uh, we're going to get to Jake Smith. We'll catch him after the break here. Ben, let's uh, do an update. What's going on in the world? Uh, here's Ben Byram. Thanks, Patrick. Ben Byram here for your 94 Through the Game Sports Update. We start from college football. Starting LSU Tigers left tackle Dare Rosenfall has officially entered the transfer portal. Head coach Edge Orgeron recently said that Rosenfall had the potential to be a first-round pick, but an issue staying on the field with injuries as well as suspension that he had to serve in October. From college basketball, the NCAA gives TCU three years probation after one of their assistant coaches accepted a $6,000 bribe in an FBI sting. From the NHL, plenty going on in the NHL. We start with the Carolina Hurricanes. They have already offered Andre Shmeshnikov an eight-year deal worth seven, $7.5 per year. The Buffalo Sabres hired Don Granado to be their new head coach and get him to a three-year deal. Veteran Ford Wayne Simmons re-signs with the Maple Leafs to a two-year contract worth $900,000 annually. And the Oilers' son Ryan Nugent Hopkins to an eight-year contract worth $41 million. From the NBA, power forward Kevon Looney has exercised his $5.1 million option to stay at the Warriors. And for Major League Baseball, the Blue Jays acquire reliever Adam Simber and outfielder Corey Dickerson while giving up Joe Panic and Andrew McInvale to the Miami Marlins. This is going to do it for your 94th of the Game Sports Update. I'm Ben Barham. We'd appreciate it if anyone hearing this broadcast would communicate with us. More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up on your flagship home of the ECU Pirates. We are very anxious to know how far the broadcast is reaching. 94.3 The Game. And 94.3thegame.com. Every Monday during the ECU baseball season, tune in as Pirate Coach Cliff Godwin talks East Carolina baseball. Brought to you by Carolina Digestive Diseases and Endoscopy Center and the Gavigan Agency. With Patrick Johnson on your home for Pirate Baseball. High fly ball to left, to the track, to the wall. He cannot get it. 94.3 The Game and 94.3thegame.com. Now back to the Patrick Johnson Show. Ronald Vincent with us yesterday. You could always go back and uh, listen to that, 94.3thegame.com or wherever you download your podcast, Patrick Johnson Show, as we had uh, RV on following uh, Rose's win on Sunday as uh, they claim a seventh state championship. Uh, last night, the Farmville Central Jaguars presenting their uh, basketball team with their championship rings. Larry Williford and the guys uh, winning their third straight this year. And uh, as we told you yesterday, there were some ECU connections to some of the other state championship 
series this weekend, including a team that won a state championship to the phone lines now, where uh, ECU baseball alum, Johnny Bench Award winner, and now the coach of the Randleman Tigers, state champion Randleman Tigers, Jake Smith, joins us uh, here on the Patrick Johnson Show. Coach, how are you? Congratulations. I'm doing great. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. You had uh, a young guy, and uh, we were talking about him uh, right before uh, we went on the air here, uh, come out, Ryan White, and throw an 11-strikeout no-hitter in the championship-clinching game. Uh, that was that was that was pretty good stuff, and, and I and I didn't mind the fact that it was uh, a pretty swift game because that was the final game of a day, a, a game that started at ten at night almost. But uh, hey, that, he was very impressive. Uh, that that was quite a thing to behold and quite a thing to watch. Yeah, it was definitely a long day. Um, so happy for that kid. You know, his dad's actually my assistant coach um, on the staff. So you know, to see him and his dad bond. You know, after that game was pretty special moment. But yeah, he was, you know, he throws fastball, changeup, curveball, and he definitely had all three pitches working um, Saturday night. And you know, uh, he, he worked so hard to get to that point. And you know, we had our two two best bullets um, left to go for the game, that championship game. And um, you know, he we never got to the other one, but he he was ready. And you know, the kids played great defense behind him too. So it, it was total team effort. Are you so locked in because it is a decisive game that you don't realize the no hitters going on? Or what point do you realize that? No, I, you realize it the whole game. <laughs> <laughs> you know, obviously, you don't say anything about it. Um, nobody mentioned it at all that I can remember. Uh, but you know, I thought about it. You know, I just wanted to keep him in a good rhythm. You know, I'm calling the pitches, and me and the catcher just trying to just keep him in a good flow of the game. Um, get him in there as quick as possible. And, uh, you know, he, he he didn't throw many balls, which which helped a lot. And you know, they made some contact, and uh, just like I said, it was a lot of first pitch contact. He used to change up a lot, first pitch got a lot of weak pop up and, and uh, weak ground balls, so that, that helped out a lot because he was on a, I believe, a ninety seven pitch count left that he had left from you know that for the whole week. Right, he didn't use a whole lot of them. I know, <laughs> I know that. <laughs> Yeah, I think he was. I think he was too short. You know, yeah. he was uh, two pitches left on his pitch count. There, that was probably going to be his last batter, or had one more batter that he would have been able to face. We've got uh, Jake Smith. Uh, Randleman was one of the uh, champions to win. They beat RS Central in a uh, three-game series in the two-A in Burlington over the weekend. Jake, of course, uh, part of the uh, ECU program. We'll get into a little bit of that. Uh, it, it was certainly an unusual year for for high school baseball. And I guess you have to feel pretty good about the fact that uh, you at least were able to have a season, have championships, uh, based on, on what happened last year. But did did you kind of know? Did you feel because you know talking to different coaches, and, and we may have discussed this or not? But was that group last year a group that could have gotten to that same point, or uh, did you maybe know more or less this year could be the year if things fell right? Well, um, you know, in 2019 we actually lost state championship, right? Um, so then we got, you know, canceled last year, and I felt like we had a, a better team than we had in 2019, um, and not to be able to play was devastating, you know, to those seniors that, that never got the opportunity to get back to that position. Um, you know, and then coming into this year, I thought we had a great chance as well. Um, had some new new pieces uh, to the team, but, uh, you know, 
it was just a, it was, it was a weird deal all the way around just trying to put the puzzle together. And, you know, if you practice this day, what do you got to go through protocol? Um, you know, and then, you know, kind of the restrictions relaxed a little bit as we got going into practice after Christmas. And that, that helped out a lot. And uh, the kids responded well. And, you know, it, it was definitely a trying time, you know, for, for all those kids, you know, not being able to do, do a lot for the past year, but, um, you know, they, they're, uh, you know, they got great character. They work so hard. Um, you know, and the kids, I mean, they're resilient and, uh, it definitely paid off. And like I said, just see those faces at the end of the game, you, you know, on Saturday, that was, that was all worth it. No, you had, you have a, had and do have a great team and a great program. And it was, uh, it was fun to, uh, to be able to watch you guys, uh, win a state championship, especially do so, uh, with uh, the kid Ryan White throwing a no hitter, a junior throwing a no hitter, yeah. uh, in uh, the decisive uh, game. That's something you know. No matter what happens, I know you'll never forget it. I know he'll never uh, forget. Really, anybody there will never forget it. It was it was kind of interesting. You know, it was in, it was also uh, unique too. Uh, we had in the four A series, which was taking place at the same venue, the opening game of that series. A kid named Carter Boyd throws a no hitter against Fuquay Verino, who just went on to, to knock the cover off the baseball the next two games. Uh, but he, of course, is the brother of C.J. Boyd, who who pitches currently at ECU. Uh, so you're a pirate. Right. So there's some ECU connections to these championships. <laughs> so that was that was pretty cool. Uh, that was pretty cool. Had you ever caught a no hitter? Yeah, you know what I caught um, Ricky Brooks. That's um, right. I'm trying to think, I think it was maybe my junior year. Um, I don't hold me to that. I can't remember. They all run together so yeah. much, but. Uh, yeah. He has one. He's actually one hitter away from a perfect game. I don't like reminding myself, but ball kind of hit front of the plate and bounced over me. I tried to do what I could to block it, but we couldn't. So he got on on a pass ball strike three kind of deal. But uh, still, still got to know here. That was that was pretty special. Now wait a minute. Did the ball hit the ground before it got to you? Yeah, it was, it was a strike. Uh, strike three. Oh, okay. Swing and strike three, and the I, ball kind of like hit the plate and it kind of went over my. Okay, I was yeah. I was trying to get you to reverse that for a wild pitch so you'd have a little. <laughs> a little well, break, but yeah. that, that wasn't yeah, okay. I understand now. Yeah. So, what was more? What's more nerve wracking? Um, catching a no hitter or, or being the coach in a championship game when a no hitter is going on? Uh, they they were both pretty exciting. <laughs> for sure. uh, you, you know, I guess as far as intent wise, you know, you're back there behind a the plate, and you know, you're trying to catch, call a game, and block, and do all that stuff, and then. Coaching wise, you're trying to just make sure everybody's where they need to be and then keep yeah. everybody going. So they're both they're both pretty intense. So it's not when you're coaching. You know, we often hear people say, "Well, you know, watching my, my son or watching my favorite team throw a no hitter is a little more because I can't do anything." As a coach, you're able to do a little bit, I guess, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. You can dictate the pace. Um, you know, you can obviously you call the pitches and set your defense the way you want it. So, yeah, you definitely have some advantages there to be able to control what you need to control. Uh, Jake Smith is with us, ECU baseball um, state champion coach for Randleman. They won the 2A uh, state championship in Burlington on Saturday. When uh, what, what made you decide to get into to coaching? Uh, you know, I, ever since I was in high school, um, my high school coach, uh, I, I love the way he just, you know, kind of – he was a catcher in, high, in college. He went to Elon. Uh, you know, and I really loved the way he just mentored kids and, and loved the way his passion for the game. Um, and then obviously, I, playing wise, you know, going to East Carolina, and me and Coach Easton, he's probably, I mean, I got a great relationship with him, and he really, um, 
you know, I, I you know, get a little teary uh, talking about him, but he's just, I mean, they were just really close and he had a special bond. And, um, you know, he was a catcher as well. It kind of, kind of helped me out a lot just as far as I'm not only as a player, but a person as well. So that was, that was great being with him and just, I mean, all my coaches throughout my career. Um, and then, you know, even Clayton, uh, coming up for my senior year. Uh, I know he's doing, you know, great things with the Dodgers now, but he, he really helped me as far as from a catching mental part of the game. Uh, my senior year kind of taking me to that next level um, with, with the pitchers and just more than just the physical part of the game. He, he really helped me out there. And uh, and then I go back to when I was a young kid. I mean, my dad from, you know, I can remember, you know, five years old. It just instilling that mental toughness and that hard work um, in me throughout my career. I mean, that's definitely what started me on the right path for sure. Uh, so Cliff Godwin to Clayton McCullough to Jake Smith, that's a pretty good run of catchers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I actually just talked to Cliff uh, Friday in Burlington. So. Yeah, we were talking a little bit before the series, just doing some background for the broadcast, and uh, you and I got on the subject of you know Coach Godwin, and I don't think at that point the news had come out. I think it was later in the day that the news had come out. Uh, in fact, it was after our show uh, Thursday that the – the decision that LSU was going to go with the Arizona coach. And of course, uh, I kind of learned that night in a conversation I was having after the show that, you know, coach Godwin was right there. Um, but obviously you have to be, I think everybody would have understood had this turned out in a situation where coach Godwin had, had gone to LSU, but I, I think we're all sure happy. He's, he's at, at ECU and, uh, is a pirate. Wow. Uh, there's, there's no doubt about it. So I told him, uh, Friday, you know, I told him how much, you know, he's worked so hard to, in the program, um, you know, trying to, you know, get 23 there. Uh, you know, Coach LeClaire, I know it means so much to him and the rest of the Pirate Nation. And, you know, he's done a great job. He's going to continue to do a great job. Anytime you're a wanted man, uh, that's a good thing for your program. And, you know, we're definitely fortunate he stayed for sure. You were uh, part of the um, – final recruiting class of, of Keith LeClaire. Uh And uh, we talked a little bit about that last week uh, with you off air. But uh, uh, Coach LeClaire, I mean, uh, obviously Coach Eason was a big part of your development. Uh, you got to play with a really great team uh, for a couple of years at ECU. Randy Mays, you got to, to be a part of uh, the program with Billy Godwin as well, who's another great guy and now at UNCG. Uh, but uh, Coach LeClaire, obviously we know what he means to – ECU fans, we know what he means to Cliff Godwin. What, could you just talk a little bit about Coach LeClaire and, and buying into his vision? Yeah, yeah for sure. Uh, you know, Coach was you – know, I was part of his last recruiting class. Um, you know, and I, I didn't get to know him on, on a, a level as far as, you know, other guys did that had been there the previous, you know, three years, uh, unfortunately. But I did get to know him just by being around the program uh, for that little bit of time you know, as a senior uh, before I got there and then obviously getting there for those four years. Um, and I was actually there the four years, you know, before he passed. And, um, you know, just what he meant to that program and what he, he built and instilled in that program is uh, pretty special. I've never seen it anywhere else like that before. And, you know, it, it continues till this day. Um, you know, and Coach Mack from Virginia was still there uh, when he, he was a big part of my recruitment too. And he's, he's awesome as well. And, you know, and he, he had a big, big hand in recruiting-wise. And, um, you know, and him and Coach Easton both, you know, I can remember to this day how they, 
you know, they, the way they expressed their love for Coach Leclerc and what he did and what he meant for that program was just still sticks with me today. Um, you know, you know, Coach Leclerc, you know, he would come in and, you know, he would obviously he wouldn't be able to talk, but he would be able to write speeches up. Right, yeah. Words of, you know, encouragement and all. And it's just um, just powerful how, he, you know, one man can have that much effect on, you know, those, those young men that played for him, obviously, and still have an effect on, you know, kids who, who you know, weren't fortunate enough to be uh, coached under him, you know, and still living out his legacy and trying to, you know, fulfill his dreams and, you know, get to Omaha and, and just what him and his family means to the Greenville community. Jake Smith is uh, with us here. Uh, our, our guy, Pirate Al, Alan Powell, uh, sent me a note, and he talked about, um, I guess, the check swing home run that you had. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The wind was blowing out a lot. Man. It was, it was about, <laughs> I think it was about 35 degrees that day. We were playing Maryland. Um, it might have been the first weekend of the uh, first series of the year that year. I don't know if it was my junior or senior year, but, yeah, we had a – Little gust of wind come out, and, um, but uh, maybe I did, maybe did a extra set of bench press and some curls that week. I don't know. <laughs> so, but it was, but I mean, yeah. literally, it was a check swing homer. I mean, you you kind of trying to stop your swing, yeah. and, and then it pops out. It did, it did. Um, like I said, I I don't know how. I still, I mean, I can remember it, but yeah, it was pretty pretty wild. So. I need to should have checked swing more, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and I know you don't like talking about yourself. I, I very much understand that. Actually, I don't. I love to talk about myself, so I don't understand. I, I actually can't understand that. But, but in all seriousness, um, you're a very humble guy. So you go and you you win the Johnny Bench Award, and we've got a little slate where we have you promote on the show today, and, and our crew and our staff found the kind of, you know, where Johnny Bench is – presenting you the award you remember all that right oh oh yeah uh, my whole family was there uh coach godwin his family was there um like i said yeah it, it was that was probably one of the biggest highlights of my life from a you know from just a playing career uh, achievement um you know you're, you're labeled as the best catcher in division one baseball and you know you just kind of just put things in perspective and you look back at you know all the hard work and you know, that you put in and you, and you think about all your great coaches that have gotten you to this point, uh, you know, and how much time that those coaches and, and then your family and your mom and dad have sacrificed. And, you know, and I see that more now just from being a coach um, and, and being around young kids and how those family, you know, you're, it takes time and dedication to do all that stuff. But, yeah, well, I mean, that was a special, special weekend. Um, you know, we'll, we'll never forget that um, as a family, you know, together. But, you know, personally wise, it's definitely, uh, definitely gratifying, you know, and like I said, Coach Godwin being there, and like I said, me and Coach Godwin are still close to this day. We talk all the time, and, you know, I appreciate what he did for me that senior year coming in, um, you know, after those three first years with Coach Maisie, who was great to me as a as a player and a person off the field. Um, you know, I, I mean, I'll tell you what, you know, people ask me all the time about college and professional and playing pro ball and all that stuff, and and I tell them, I said, if I could go back and redo four years of my life, those are definitely the four years that I would go back and do. Um, you know, that from fall coming in from 2002 to 2006, I mean, there's, you know, I couldn't have scripted any better. You know, maybe, maybe 
get rid of a couple of injuries here and there, but right, yeah. As, as, as far as that goes, I mean, just the the college experience, um, and then obviously definitely the the baseball experience. But the the people of East Carolina, the the community, the fans, um, like I said, the coaches, and then all my teammates. I mean, I, mean, I had the best teammates. I mean, I can remember coming in as a freshman, and you know those guys. You know, I can remember Glenn Tucker and uh, David Penny and. I uh, I could go on and Mike Harrington, Jamie Page, I mean, all those guys. I mean, it was like I came in and, you know, it wasn't like, uh, you're, you're a little freshman. It was like, Hey man, you're one of our brothers, you know, and you know, this is, this is the way we we're going to do things. And, you know, and, and I accepted that and they accepted I mean, it was just, just the instant brotherhood that, you know, never be lost. Um, you know, so it, it was pretty special my time there. And, you know, and I tell my kids all the time when I help them try to get to school and, and I, you know, I feel like if a kid have a half experience what I had, I think it'd be awesome. But I do. I'm, I I love my time in, in Greenville. It was it was it was the best for sure. Well, that, that, that's pretty awesome stuff. I know you'll never forget that time, and I know you never forget this past weekend because uh, that was uh, a lot of fun and uh, just all three really great games for for different reasons and uh, just really good baseball and a, and a great series and. Uh, Happy for you and your program that you guys uh, won and got a, a championship with you as the head coach. I think that's great stuff. Well, I appreciate it. I appreciate you guys being there and, and uh, covering. You know, like I said, it's it's um, you know, it gets down to people don't understand how hard you know or what goes into it. You know, especially from a kid standpoint, working and practicing. You know, there's just little things I and mean, working out. I mean, they, you know, it's a little bit different than just rolling the balls out there and hoping that you win. So they do it the right way and. It definitely paid off. Hey, congratulations again on the title, and uh, we uh, look forward to keeping up with uh, how the program does, uh, you know, next year and beyond. Thanks a lot, Jake. Really enjoyed talking with you. That sounds great. I appreciate you guys. Go Pirates. Absolutely. Jake Smith, ECU Baseball Alum State Championship coach, was a Johnny Bench Award winner. Just don't hand that out to anybody. Appreciate his time today. Uh, tomorrow, a little golf chatter with Brian Mull. Thursday, we got our concert on the Common. And, of course, uh, we'll look at all the fireworks uh, stuff and uh, everything else going into the uh, weekend throughout the rest of uh, the week as we cruise towards Independence Day. Uh, As always, thanks to Ben Byron. We'll catch you all tomorrow. Patrick Johnson Show, 5 o'clock, right here on the flagship of the Pirates, 94.3. The game, if you missed the uh, show, check out the podcast. 943thegame.com. Also, you've got uh, the uh, Panthers podcast there with Ben Byram and a lot more. PJ Show, wherever you download your favorite podcast, you can find it there as well. Have a great evening, everybody. Yeah, yeah.